This is Pro Wrestling Indie Strated, a love letter to independent wrestling from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I'm your host, one of your hosts, PWI Editor-in-Chief Kevin McElvaney. I'm joined, as always, by the Good Witch, the Conduit of Karma, the... I know there's a third nickname, I keep forgetting it, but maybe she could shed light on this, Kaya McKenna. Kaya, how's it going? I'm the Divine Darling, and I am doing absolutely fine this afternoon. I'm pretty excited for today's episode, so... Yeah, I think the last time we talked was right before the new year, and we were uh, focusing on the big uh, IWTV Restival event, which was, of course, a great weekend of wrestling. But why don't you tell everybody uh, what we're going to talk about here today? So we're kind of jumping from one big wrestling event on the independent scene to another today. We're going to delve into the world on GCW which is taking place at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City on January 23rd. And this is a huge undertaking for this company that started out in a very, very small building in Howell, New Jersey. All right. Well, let's uh, let's start this off. Uh, we talked to a few people. And let's start with one of the wrestlers from the event coming up, who's going to be facing Ruby Soho, and that is Ali Catch. So, like, it's still kind of hard to believe it. This big show, January 23rd, Hammerstein Ballroom, GCW, Alley Catch against Ruby Soho. This is this is wild. I don't think anybody at the beginning of uh, even mid-2021 would have picked this. Alley, how are you feeling about this match, you know, going into it now that it's, it's out there? Uh, I'm very, very excited. Um, this is a match that uh, I've wanted since I started wrestling. Um, so this is like, this is the dream match for me. And so like, now that it's finally happening, especially at Hammerstein and for GCW, like it feels very special. And a really, you know, unconventional venue for GCW. I mean, you've wrestled all sorts of places for GCW bars, backyards, all sorts of places that are non-conventional spaces, maybe more conventional and like for, I don't know, punk shows or something like that. And then here, this is like as legit as you can get. This is uh, so many big time organizations have run here. Are you nervous at all going into this? This is a, a really, it's, I mean, all eyes are going to be on GCW. Um, I'm like sort of nervous, but, uh, this locker room, like these are all people I see like multiple times a month and we're all right. very, we're all very excited and supportive of each other and each other's like matches. So I'm more like less nervous and more excited to see everybody do well and know that everybody is supporting me and knowing that like, I'm going to do well. And like, we're all just excited to get even more and like new eyes on GCW is what it is. So it's like, I'm Nervous because I'm always nervous before I wrestle, just because mm. I want to do well. But at the same time, I'm more just like excited for me and people like Justice and AJ and like Effie. Like I'm excited for all of us to like be put on this platform that we've deserved with GCW for a while. So I recall seeing you wrestle in Tournament of Survival in the Sandlot. And now we're at Hammerstein Ballroom. <laughs> so what is it like for you? What does it mean for you to wrestle there? Like to to have this evolution to be at a place like this that's so big and grand and important in wrestling historically. I'm not gonna knock the 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 sand pit tournament of survival. <laughs> we still did have a ring. 
Um, yes, we did. But uh, and tournament survival, like, is still very important. You know, it's like we did what we could while there was like all those restrictions still on us and we were trying to be safe. Um, so I'm still very excited and proud that I got to be uh, in a deathmatch tournament for GCW. But <laughs> I am very happy um, to be wrestling indoors again. Um, I'm very happy uh, to be wrestling in front of uh, so many more fans. Like this is, I want to say this is the biggest crowd I'll be in front of. I know like the art of war, um, crowd was huge when it was me and Tony, but I think Hammer, because Hammerstein is sold out, um, that's like the biggest crowd and just the acoustics of that building are going to be crazy. And like the energy is all going to be packed. It's going to be sardines and it's going to be, I'm very excited to like feed off of and like have like a whole new type of like connection with like the fans and like not even like thinking about all the people that are going to be like watching at home. So, uh, I'm, I'm very excited for just to like look at my phone during the whole night too and see everybody's reactions and just like, it's going to be like a, it's like when you used to watch like the VMAs and everybody was talking about it and all your friends were watching it at home. And it was like this big, like cultural moment. It's going to be like that. And we're all going to be a part of it. Yeah, kind of feels like that for for independent wrestling. Definitely a lot of uh, not just buzz, but like excitement. It's a collective excitement, like you said, a really big deal. But before you even get to that show, and you have Ruby Soho on deck, that's that's a, a tough opponent, the uh, world class, big name opponent. I gotta imagine you're really excited to to get in the ring, mix it up with her. But you got a couple of other matches coming up uh, the weekend before. Could you talk a little bit about those? Um, so, uh, right before that, like the lead in two shows, uh, to get us all like warmed up and prepared, uh, we're going to go to Detroit, uh, to Harpo's, which is like a legendary like music venue. Um, so I'm stoked to like, see that. Uh, I think that'll be like an upgrade for us in Detroit. Um, and then, uh, we'll be in Chicago the next day. And so, uh, Detroit, I'm tagging with Effie, um, Bussy is going against Two Cold Scorpio and Ricky Warren. And like he, Effie's already wrestled both of them in singles matches. Um, and I've never obviously wrestled either of them. Um, they were wrestling before I was born, probably, I think, I believe, uh, if I do the math right. Yeah, um, they were so wrestling they, before I was born too. They're, they've been, they've been at it for a while, a couple so, of legends there. <laughs> the thing about that is like, um, very wild. Um, so I'm very excited to get in the ring, um, and probably like learn a lot. And that'll definitely like help me out, um, going to this match with like Ruby. Um, and then the next day is with Kylie. Uh, I've wrestled her a few times, um, but obviously it's been a while. Uh, and so I'm very excited to wrestle her and just see her again. Um, you know, she's also, she's like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? She's definitely like top of the mountain as far as like women's wrestler goes. So always, uh, getting to wrestle Kylie, like it's a, it's a struggle to like win. Um, you can't underestimate her ever. She's, she's one of the best just wrestlers period. Um, so I'm very excited, uh, to get to wrestle her again and see, I saw she did like a standing moonsault the other day and I've never seen her do one of those. So like, she's obviously learned a lot of new things. Um, so I'm excited to see what we do. 
I'm excited to see what you continue to bring to the table for the women in GCW because there's there's been women in GCW had you know Deanna Perazzo, Penelope Ford, Chris Statlander, Shotzi Blackheart, but you're sort of like the torchbearer moving forward, like opening these doors for opportunity in a place that maybe didn't have a ton of opportunity for women in the past. So that's that's amazing in its own right, but like, how do you plan to continue keep busting that door wide open as we move into 2022? I think I kind of got in like on the ground level with GCW and I think that's, and so like, uh, I like paid my dues as they say, which means I get, I get listened to a lot. And so, you know, people like Penelope and Shotzi and like, they got scooped up because they're these amazing stars. Um, and so I've been able to stick around and be like, Hey, we should do this. Hey, bring in this person. Hey, but, and I've, and it's been awesome getting to have like you around and getting to have like other, like, and like Billy now is around and it's like, she's like a little sister. And like, we had Charlie for the last few months. It's so cool to like, be able to go, Hey, Brett, like, I know you're busy running uh, 13 million shows, but here's all these women, um, that I think should be here. And I think we should have them. And he goes, okay, yeah, you talk to her, bring her in, whatever. And I'm like, I'm like All right, <laughs> thank you. And then they, they come in and um, it's, it's really awesome getting to have more women on the shows. Like, like she, she, she's around all the time now and she yes. does, you know, women's matches, intergenerational, whatever. And it's awesome to just feel like I am like, they call like Tony what like the gatekeeper or something, but it's like, I don't want to sound like I'm the gatekeeper keeping women in or out, but I'm definitely like the one that's like, all right, bring them in, open the gate. Like, let's go. Like, let's, let's have more of this and have more of that. And then hopefully it feels cool because GCW, I feel like is, we are the, the tippy top of the Indies. And so I want to hope that like other places see that and go, okay, there is room for women, there is money for women. There is a draw. Like there is like, please use women, please use women from everywhere. Please use women from different generations, like, et cetera, et cetera. Give new women a shot, like put your company on the back of a, like it, you always see like, so-and-so is the face of our company. And so, and it's always a man. It's always, they, they put the face of a company on like a man. And so it feels cool to kind of feel like, one of the faces of GCW. I feel like GCW is very evenly split between like a lot of people. Like you think GCW, obviously you think Nick Gage, first of all, but now like, it's like, you also think Effie, you also think Allie, like there's so many people who are now carrying GCW and the brand and like making it what it is. So it feels very like special to be like a woman that has like say in a company and is like a face of it. Uh, Yeah. I mean, there's, a lot to unpack there, but like you said, it's uh, it's a situation where this has been a criticism of GCW in the past. It's definitely gotten a lot better. And I mean, it's good that you're in this position, you know, not just seniority, but popularity. Like you're getting people to buy these streams and buy these tickets. So like you're using that for good. That's an awesome thing. And not to put you on the spot and uh, or I'm not asking you to reveal any matches that haven't been announced, anything like that. But who would you like to see in GCW that you haven't yet, whether that's to face you face anybody else, or, or maybe someone that's been to GCW that you just haven't had a chance to get in the ring with yet. Um, people that have been to GCW <clears throat> that I haven't exactly had like a GCW match with, um, probably Chris Statlander. 
Um, we wrestled long time ago. Um, and she had great, like that great Chris Dickinson match. And so it's like, I would love to, um, get to hang out with her again. Um, orange Cassidy is a match that I've wanted for a long time too. And, um, he's been in, he was like a GCW guy. Um, people who haven't been in GCW, I'm trying to think like technically, I think, uh, Willow, I, I don't think has technically had like a GCW match. Um, if we can't, I mean, that's like, like there's the real hot girl shit match, but those are like this. I don't know. I don't know what we count, what we don't guys. Um, and then, uh, Sandra moon is another, uh, person. Um, I'd love to have another match with Sheik on just like a regular, again, like a regular GCW show, not just like brunch. Like, uh, like I, I love those crowds where it's like when you get to have the match in front of like the Atlantic city crowd, that's like packed and they're fun. And it's all the friends meeting together. Like that's like a different energy than like the Detroit, the Texas, the, this, the, that, you know? Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a good point because GCW has done all these awesome super cards and super shows and, and collaborated with these other places. And then you have, you know, the core GCW events, it's maybe even easier to remember sometimes or uh, easy to forget sometimes that these all fall under technically the same banner. Could you point to anybody that you have worked with uh, moments in GCW that stand out, you know, cause we're heading into this Hammerstein show and it's really like, this feels like the culmination of a lot of effort, right? Yeah. So, I mean, what are some moments from the past a few years of GCW that really stick out to you as being memorable and special? Um, I think uh, like memorable for me, at least um, my Thunder Rosa and my Tony match, uh, the Tony match, just because like, that was like the, the show was like the culmination of like GCW versus four, four Oh. And like, there were so many people there. Um, and I know like I lost the Tony match, but I think, like people really got to see that like I've grown a lot and that um, I'm not just like alley cat anymore. Um, and then same thing with Thunder Rosa. This is uh, like an elite athlete in more than just wrestling. Um, somebody who is a literal TV star now. Um, and I'm able to uh, keep up with her, uh, have her respect. And so like that meant a lot to me. Um, especially in a place that like to be able to have a crowd torn and want like both of us to win, like feels very good that I'm able to like stack up to someone like Thunder Rosa. So like, those are both very like recent, um, special moments for me. Um, having like when, when big gay brunch was announced, so long ago. Um, that was like a big thing. I was like, this is great. Like we're getting like, like same thing before the culture is like, wow, like we're getting more say, like this feels like a group effort. GCW feels like an actual collective. And then that all got thrown away. And then when it came back, real hot girl came along too. And so it was very cool to like, it was like fight forever was just a cool moment to see so many people wanting one thing to go well. And then so many people wanting all of us to like do well and get paid. And we were all freezing and Kai's giving out like hot packs for our hands. And then the lights went out and like, there's just so many like bad things that happen, 
but it was still just like a great, like we were all exhausted, but everyone was so happy. So stoked. Like same thing for when everything shut down and we did, um, the acid cup, like it was just a small group of us in the voltage lounge. Like, I don't know if you've seen the voltage lounge, like it's grimy, it's spray painted, it's dirty, but it's like, we like busted our asses and we had some of like our best matches because like, that's the only thing a lot of us have is like wrestling and that ring. And like so many people supported us and like that money helped so much at the beginning of everything shutting down. So like, there's been so many things I could say that happened in the last two years alone, let alone like the almost four years I've been going to GCW. So I'm very thankful. All right. I have a very good question. I noticed recently when GCW was in Detroit that you guys took some time in the day before the show to do some community outreach and clean up some bikes for some children in need. And I thought that was really, really cool. Do you think there are any more plans moving forward to continue those sort of initiatives and maybe even in New York? Dude, I loved doing that. Um, that was so much fun. Uh, I, I used to like, when I lived in Austin, I rode a bike everywhere. Like I had a single speed and whatever. So to like work on bikes, I was like, this is cool. And we all did it together and we all got dirty. And then we all like washed our, it was like very nice. Um, it felt very productive also. Cause you could literally see the work happening and, um, it was very wholesome. And then, um, in Texas, a lot of people got together also, like there was like a clothing drive in Texas. <laughs> and then a lot of people, um, got together and were like driving around, um, giving out like, uh, like food and like other like essentials. Um, so that was really cool. So I want us to keep doing stuff like that. It's like, it's definitely, I, I think like with Hammerstein coming up, it's gotten harder because there's like one, a million shows. And so it's like, everybody comes from different areas and it's like, who's flying in when, like we got lucky on the Detroit one because so many people like flew in early and flew out late. And so we were all able to get together. So it's one of those where it's like, we have to have time, but if we could, if we could set that up and have times either before, I think before the show is better. Cause I feel like shit after I wrestle. Um, <laughs> but uh, I would love to do another one in Detroit or Chicago or even New York. I started, I asked a friend actually, I've like, again, this is another thing that I'm like, up Brett's ass about where I'll be like, Brett, I have an idea, Brett, we should donate here, Brett, we should do this. We should do this. And he goes, okay, do it. And I'm like, all right, cool. Here's a link. Um, so yeah, I've already like, I've sent him links for stuff in New York. Like I've sent him things like I have friends and like, you know, music and hardcore where I go, Hey, um, what are some places I should like reach out to? Or what are some like programs that you guys use? And like, like, so I can, you know, shoot and put it in like our DIY wrestling community. Um, so yeah, hopefully, uh, if we can't do anything during the week of Hammerstein, cause I know he'll be running on no sleep, third sip, fourth sip, um, hopefully going forward, like it becomes like a regular thing for us. Cause yeah, getting just like a taste of it. I was like, this is great. I love this. I want to do it more. Apart from your own match. And I mean, a fair amount of the card has been announced, but it doesn't have to be a match on the card. It can just be something about this show at the Hammerstein Ballroom World on GCW, what are you most looking forward to? Um, obviously what my bussy sister is doing. Um, mm -hmm. I'm very uh, concerned um, and I'm very curious to see, um, like a lot of people the last few months thought the Hammerstein match was gonna be bussy versus the Cardonas. And you know, I would have thought that too. Like. That was so annoying. I'm so excited that we are potentially rid 
of Matt Cardona. I mean, I thought we were, I really did. He said he quit and now he's back uh, next weekend. I'm really upset about it. Um, so yeah, I thought that that was going to go on and on until uh, Hammerstein, but uh, obviously um, we've uh, some things have gotten in the way. Uh, we've gone a little bit of our separate ways. We've got our own battles to fight. I don't know what's going on with Jeff Jarrett uh, and Effie. Um, he's supposed to be, so that's a, Another thing is Jeff Jarrett is supposed to be in Chicago, but Effie won't be. Um, so I don't understand like what his beef is. I don't understand like what he's getting at. If he's going to come to a show that Effie's not even at, like, is he just going to start? I, I, I don't know. Maybe he has something to say, maybe an apology. Um, so I'm excited to see what Effie needs to do. Maybe, you know, like him, Justice and AJ are doing some SGC free. Um that yeah, it's. I just want to see what the SGC boys are up to. I uh, if it's not at the Hammerstein, we we have to see Effie and and Jared at some point. That's. I don't think anybody again <laughs> called that. I, there's a reference in my head that I can't get, but Jared coming out looking like maybe like Tombstone that movie, something like that, but just really menacing. And it's kind of like all the stars of the past are coming after Effie. I mean, no, why? Yeah, yeah, and then. <laughs> Well, you have to consider also, like, yes, Second Gear crew is going to be doing their thing, but this presence of Jeff Jarrett is looming, and you don't know. There's a degree Menacing. of uncertainty as to when he's going to show up, right, or where he's going to show up. So I can't imagine the stress and the pressure that that puts Effie under, just not knowing. You know, the unknown is sometimes definitely a lot worse than the certain. So we'll have to see where it goes. Uh, Ali, we know you're busy prepping for all these matches. We don't want to keep you too long. We'll give you a chance to plug everything that you want to plug. Uh, but Kaya, anything else you'd like to ask before we part ways here? No, I think that about covers it. I really appreciate you coming on today and speaking on not only your exciting match at Hammerstein Ballroom, but um, basically all of the work you do for GCW, whether it be encouraging community outreach or even encouraging diversity and booking talent. It's just awesome. And keep doing your thing. I can't wait to see where you go this year. Thank you. You too. Yeah, and, and thanks for coming on pro wrestling Illustrated. Uh, tell people where to reach you and plug anything else you might want to plug. Um, you can reach me at on Twitter. I am at Ali catch. A-L-I-E-K-T-C-H. Um, and then on Instagram, I am at the Alley Catch because somebody already took Alley Catch for some reason. So I had to be the Alley Catch mother. Um, and then uh, my big cartel is alleycatch.bigcartel.com. But she is closed right now as I am updating it with millions of new things. So everybody will shut up about these knives. They're coming. <laughs> They're coming. Okay. <laughs> God bless. They took, how do you think I feel waiting for them? Okay, guys, please. <laughs> All right. So keep an eye out for that. Allie, thanks for doing this. Thanks, you know, it was so lovely to get to speak with Allie catch today um, regarding her match at Hammerstein against Ruby Soho, getting to get some of her insight as to how she's sort of taken this torch from the women of GCW's past to carry it into the future and work alongside promoter Brett Lauderdale to create these opportunities. And on that note, why don't we swing on over and talk to Brett and see how things are going on the road to Hammerstein. Let's do it. All right. On our podcast, a lot of times we really talk about DIY and passion and something that's been built from the ground up. And honestly, 
GCW fits that story super well. And I'm super honored today to have GCW promoter Brett Lauderdale here to speak with us a little bit about how awesome the company is, the history of the company, and their show at the Hammerstein Ballroom that is coming up on January 23rd. Brett, how are you doing this afternoon? I am just doing so great. And uh, it is a pleasure to join you. And thank you for the invite. Of course, anytime. Uh, the show's a really big deal. So, and I know you've got to be very busy leading up to it. So, um, Kevin and I both appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule to speak with us about that show. Yeah. Well, it's like I said, it's my pleasure. Well, my first question is why Hammerstein? Like it's a huge venue. It's a very aspirational goal to run there. What led you to choose that venue? Well, you just said it. It's a, it's a special place. You know, it's something that a lot of people, you know, they can only, uh, they can only myself included only dream of, Uh, you know, uh, for diehard wrestling fans like myself, you know, that's, it's historic and there's a lot of history there. And, you know, we associate some of our favorite memories of wrestling with that venue. So, um, you know, for a long time, I mean, you know, it's, it's always something that you dream of and, and up until recently it was, it was really still just a pipe dream for GCW. Um, but you know, the, the planets aligned and, um, an opportunity arose and it just felt like this was the time to roll the dice and go for it. And, um, and here we are, we're like two weeks away less i don't know maybe we're less now and uh it's about to go down as they say yeah i mean it's uh it's a very big deal of course for an independent promotion like game changer to to be running this historic venue that's that's held so many important events but another thing that just really sticks out to me is that gcw part of what has helped it uh, become as big and influential as it is now is this, you know, gritty DIY aspect. I mean, I can, I can speak to, you know, last summer, the first, the first show I attended during the pandemic was that was the backyard wrestling event. So you have something like that, which is, you know, for, for better or for worse. I mean, it's, it's just like, you get out there and you do it, you put the ring up and then there's the show. Have there been any challenges with this, this Hammerstein show? I mean, granted, like it's still a few weeks out when we're recording this, but like anything unexpected that popped up that like, Whoa, I never thought I'd be dealing with this, but you know, here I am. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's some things that are, um, different at least, uh, you know, this is this is obviously a, a world class venue. You know, in the middle of the universe, Manhattan, New York, New York City. So, um, you know, it is different. Uh, there's um, there's a lot of, I guess. Uh, well, let me put it this way. You know, everything's real here. You know what I mean? Like, there is no such thing as cutting corners or shortcuts or um, you know, getting away with this or that, everything is, you know, by the book there, it's a real place. And, um, you know, there's real, you know, regulations in place with the city and permits and everything that goes with it. So all that stuff is very real. Uh, and, um, there's no way around it. Um, you know, it's, it's expensive. Uh, things are expensive in New York city, but things are even more expensive at a world-class ballroom in the middle of New York city. So, you know, all the things that you take for granted in certain venues, 
um, you, you learn that, um, you know, it's not always the same at a place like this. And, and that would go for, you know, and then that goes for any number of, you know, world-class venues, but, you know, it's, it hits you right in the face here at Hammerstein ballroom. So, um, you, you know, you just kind of have to be prepared for anything and, you know, and we're here to maximize it and go all in and make it special. So, you know, I'm happy to approach those things and deal with them as they come and, and overcome each, uh, obstacle along the way. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine we're in Hammerstein now. And then there's before that there was the showboat and before the showboat, there was how, so I'm sure there's a huge curve of adjustment at, with this growth, right? You have to adapt and overcome as you go along the way. Have you met any challenges along the way that have made you really have to think about how you're going about things or change how you go about things to be better in the future? You know, I have to say, you know, even when we were running shows in, in Howell, New Jersey, you know, the idea of doing stuff like this wasn't, you know, wasn't insane to me. We just weren't at that level yet. Um, so, I mean, it's not like, Oh, that like, uh, it's not like I'm totally like dumbfounded that this exists. It's just, you know, we, we hadn't evolved yet, you know? So it's like, um, I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't know if challenges or whatever is even the right word. It's just like, these are new, this, you know, if you want to do this, then this is what you have to do. So it's like, you know, we either choose to level up or we don't, you know, if we, if we don't want to, that's okay too. We can stay and, you know, we can, we can run anywhere we want, but this is something special. So if you know, if we want to do this, then we have to deal with all the challenges in place. You know, it's, it's interesting. You use the phrase level up here. Um, I think that's really appropriate because uh, GCW has in a lot of ways become this kind of analogous to, to what ECW was and that it's built from the ground up and it started as this more raw and gritty thing. And it, and it continued to be that raw and gritty thing as even as it went to these like quote unquote legitimate or, or world-class venues. Uh, but along the way, just as ECW started to, you know, there were cameos and on WWF shows and things like this, we've had GCW, you know, heavily mentioned. And, and of course, Nick Gage appearing on AEW. And then more recently, the crossover with Ring of Honor, which I think is really interesting, especially with the Hammerstein, Hammerstein Ballroom, because there's so much history with that company there. But could you talk a little bit about how that all came about? Because now we're looking at, you know, the, of course, the Briscoes, the most decorated Ring of Honor tag team of all time as GCW tag champs. Uh, we're looking at, uh, of course, uh, uh, Jonathan Gresham defending the championship at the Hammerstein Ballroom, and then we have, uh, I believe, yeah, Ian Riccoboni calling the action. So, like, what started all this? How did that come about? Uh, so, as far as Ring of Honor goes, um, obviously, you know, in, in the recent months before they uh, went on the hiatus, you know, we, we saw a lot of uh, our regular talent start to go over and work with uh, Ring of Honor. So, um, you know, we had people on the inside, so to speak. Um, aside from that, I mean, obviously we've had, we, we have relationships with people who have been there for years as well. People like PCO or Brody King or, you know, any, any one of a number of people. And we had talked several times over the last couple of years about the possibility of getting to work with certain people, um, having certain people on our shows, them getting exceptions or whatever. Um, and, you know, just for whatever reason, you know, it, it had never worked out up until 
uh, you know, the last, um, this most recent attempt, um, you know, we had been trying to get, uh, I mean, the Briscoes in particular was somebody that I'd wanted to have in GCW for a long time. So, you know, some ideas came into place, um, and, you know, and I had a meeting, I had a meeting with some of their people, um, at one of their TV tapings and, you know, we just threw ideas back and forth and the idea of, you know, how we could have a mutually beneficial relationship with using their talent. And at the same time, being able to promote ring of honor and, um, you know, kind of reminding fans who, who don't follow ring of honor as much, you know, reminding you know, what they are, who they are, you know, reminding people who the Briscoes are and whoever else might come over um, and, you know, sparking interest from our fans to, you know, check in on Ring of Honor. And then at the same time, allowing these people who haven't been seen out of the ROH world to kind of, um, you know, dip back into the, the regular indie universe, so to speak, and just kind of freshen things up and make things interesting. And um, I mean, we didn't, you know, we, we got as far as discussing the Briscoes and having an arrangement in place. And then obviously we know what happens happened, you know, shortly thereafter they, you know, ring of honors um, changing some things up. So we didn't get much further than that, but um, that's just, I mean, that's honestly how it happened. There was no, you know, but, there, you know, I've heard a lot of people with speculation on how this or that happened. I mean, there was no, no other crazy stuff planned. It was just, let's just start with this and see how this goes and see where this leads us. And, um, yeah, that's what happened. I mean, as far as the ROH world title, you know, I mean, Gresham is the champion and he's wants to defend it. So when it makes sense for him to defend it, when he's at GCW, you know, that's a thing. And, you know, Ian, uh, Riccoboni, what better person to call an ROH world title match on such a big stage than him. So, um, that's how those pieces came into place. I think it's really awesome that GCW is running at Hammerstein ballroom because ring of honor ran their first pay-per-view ever at the Hammerstein ballroom in 2007 and the Briscoes were on that card. They defended their tag team titles against um, Claudio Cascanoli and Matt Seidel. So to have them come full circle and be on the GCW Hammerstein show is a really cool little moment, I think, for a lot of people who've been following independent wrestling for a while now. Yeah, sure. I mean, for guys like the Briscoes, it's kind of like a full circle moment, you know, um, who knows, you know, for some, they've been around for a long time now. So you know, it's, it's not that they're not to suggest that they're anywhere close to being done, but you know, when it gets to have been, you know, a couple of years since they've done this or that, sometimes you wonder and, and you start to appreciate it again, you know, Oh man, I would really like to see the Briscoes in that environment again before, you know, before, before they don't ever do it again, you know, who knows? So you kind of get to appreciate these things all over again. So not to ask you, I guess it, in a way it's kind of like choosing between children because you're, you're putting this whole thing together, but at least out of what's been announced so far, what are you most excited about? Like if you had to pick one thing, apart from the fact that you're just running this venue, what are you most looking forward to? I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for all the people that are excited. You know, this is a big deal for a lot of people, for fans, performers, and even our crew people, you know, this is, you know, this is a big deal. Um, and a lot of people have worked for a long time for an opportunity on a platform like this, you know, and I'm not saying Hammerstein and, you know, not, it doesn't even specifically have to be Hammerstein itself, but just a platform of this magnitude, um, you know, and, and be a part of something that people are so excited for. It's a, it is a big deal. And um, it's just, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, 
I'm excited and proud to be able to, um, I don't know, just, you know, work with people who are so excited. I mean, it sounds corny, but it's the, it's the true answer. So I saw another match that caught my eye, especially as a female performer. You have Allie Catch taking on Ruby Soho at the Hammerstein Ballroom. And Allie has been on quite a roll at GCW, holding wins over the likes of Mercedes Mercedes Martinez. You have Ruby coming off of two great matches, one with Josh Alexander at AAW, and then an IWTV title match at Fet Music Hall. So you have these two women with all of this momentum getting ready to clash at this large event. Tell us more about that. How exciting is it? Oh, very exciting. Very, um, very happy that we're able to not just make this match happen, but make it happen on such a big stage. Uh, Allie has really stepped her game up over the last, uh, the last year. Uh, she has, you know, proven that she's more than a character, so to speak, and that she has, you know, the, the goods and the skills to back it up. Uh, we've seen her really test herself, uh, Lately, especially in GCW, you know, she had her match with Thunder Rosa, uh, which was great. Uh, it really showed another side of Allie. Um, uh, and of course, she's got this one coming up uh, on the 15th in Chicago against Kylie Ray. So, um, I mean, by the time we get to Hammerstein, uh, Allie's going to be firing on all cylinders. She's going to be fully battle tested and ready to go. And uh, I would, you know, not only is it going to be a test for Allie, but I would say it's going to be a test for Ruby as well. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. She's a world-class performer at the top of her game, but um, being out here in the streets, so to speak, out on the indies, you know, it's a different world than being in TV wrestling. So um, I'm anxious to see this match. I think it's, I, I think it's a great, uh, I think it's two, you know, great performers at the right place at the right time. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I just have to, uh, I, I don't know. My, my curiosity, you can, you, you probably get this a lot, um, but you speak of TV wrestling. Uh, and of course, you know, the great thing with the GCW events is that, I mean, they, they air live. You can catch them on fight TV. Is there ever a thought that one day GCW, you know, with all it's rough around the edges, qualities could be you know either on television or you know if if not appropriate for television then like some kind of streaming service even one of the big ones um well i mean i would say that we're already on the biggest of the streaming services fight tv <laughs> um, <Good> answer. <laughs> but um you know in terms of tv uh i mean i, I think i I've, i mean i've been pretty outspoken about this you know i i don't know i, I don't I don't care for it. I mean, I'm not, um, it's not one of, it's not one of my goals for GCW and, and I don't know that we need it or that we want it, you know, I mean, we're thriving doing what we're doing, you know, we're, we're about the live experience and yes, we, all of our shows stream, you know, you know, it's, it's not hard to watch GCW if you want to watch it. Um, you know, so much changes when you become a TV company and a TV product, uh, you know, you, you lose the freedom to do the, to do the things that you do and that you like to do. Um, you know, um, we're, we're, we are, we're having success doing what we're doing. Our company is still growing. 
Um, and we still have a lot of room for growth just following the model that we follow right now. So, um, you know, I don't, uh, and, and, you know, I don't need, I'm not looking for any type of validation. Like, you know, having a TV deal doesn't mean anything to me. It's not something that like, Oh, if we could just get a TV deal, then we will have finally made it. You know? Um, I just, I feel like, I feel like for us, you know, just continuing to grow, doing what we're doing is the goal for us. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's weird. I just, I don't really have, it's just not something that I think about or want. You know, I keep thinking, I mentioned ECW earlier. And of course, you know, ECW had the TV show, but mm-hmm. it was very different than the TV show it had later, the TNN deal. Um, and I think I even made a dumb joke on Twitter about this recently, like, oh, GCW to TNN, like, <laughs> uh, which doesn't even exist anymore. Right. But, but that was kind of the beginning of the end for ECW, because at that point they had to answer to uh, people outside of the ECW uh, world. They couldn't just purely listen to the fans anymore. So I think there's something to that, uh, you know, being able to do things the way you're doing them, continue to do with what brought you to the, to the dance and then not having to, yeah, shake up what's, uh, what's already working and, and try to fix what's not broken. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's literally, there's nobody that tells us what to do. We answer to nobody. You know, I don't have any bosses. I don't have any corporate, you know, overlords or TV networks that tell me what we can and can't do. And that's, yeah, I mean, as you just said, I mean, that's, that, that is how we became GCW is not having to report to anybody in the first place. So I don't have any desire to lose that freedom. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of creative freedom that comes with being able to maintain maintain a sense of autonomy, especially mm-hmm. in a business where as you elevate, become, there comes more restraints sometimes. So the longer you can keep moving the way you've been moving and doing things the way you've been doing them and going about things the way that's been working and being successful, the better. Yeah, no, was, I mean, see where this journey takes us. I think we're all along for the ride. That's for sure. One of the things that I think has been really endearing about the GCW journey is if fans want to see a match, you give it to them. If one of your talent wants a match, you do everything in your power to make that match happen, not only for them, but for the fans as well. And I hope that that doesn't ever go away. I really like that it's the by the people for the people promotion. Oh, definitely. I mean, no, for sure. Uh, I mean, I you know, there's this old way of thinking in, in wrestling that like, you know, you just kind of like tease the fans forever and just, you know, like make them hope they get to see this or that forever. And, um, you know, I see certain, like, you know, there's some, uh, I guess some theory that, that works with that, but you know, at the same time, I'm a guy who likes, who does just like to have, why don't we just give the fans what they want? Like, why don't we just give them what they want to see? Like, why what's why not like uh, um so yeah like if you know if there's a match that the fans want to see bad enough and i can make it happen then of course i'm going to try to make it happen you know i mean if we're not doing this for the fans then who are we doing it for so um yeah i mean same goes for the performers of course i mean if such and such wants to wrestle this guy and it's a match that people want to see then why wouldn't i try to do that i mean if it can be done then let's do it great attitude to have uh kaya before brett does plugs whatever 
he wants to plug. I mean, of course, we're going <laughs> to give him an opportunity to, to mm-hmm. uh, tell people about the Hammerstein show, which is sold out. But uh, anything else you want to ask, Kaya? No, I think that about covers it. Um, thank you so much for coming on today and giving us all this information and insight. We appreciate you. All right. Brett, the, yeah, thank one more. You. No. Yeah. One more chance here, the hard sell for the uh, the Hammerstein show, which is going to be on fight. Anything else you want to plug? Um, well, I mean, I, before we get to Hammerstein, uh, January 14th and 15th, the, the final stops on the road to Hammerstein, Detroit and uh, Chicago. A lot will be happening there. I think any, any, anything left to determine uh, for Hammerstein will probably be settled either in Detroit or Chicago. Um, these are big shows, uh, big shows for sure. Uh, in Detroit, you know, we have Sabu and Kevin Nash coming home to Detroit. We have, um, Jimmy Jacobs versus Alex Shelley, which any longtime indie fan knows the significance of that match. Um, you know, when we go, Oh, of course, Bussy, Effie and, uh, Allie versus two cold Scorpio and Ricky Morton is also happening in Detroit. Uh, the next day in Chicago, a uh, huge show huge show in Chicago, uh, Gresham defending ring of honor title against two cold Scorpio, Blake Christian versus bandito alley versus, uh, versus Kylie Ray, AJ Gray versus PCO. It's a, a loaded card. There's more to be announced for each event. Oh, and of course, Jeff Jarrett will be there in Chicago as well. So we're going to find out what he's up to. Uh, those are huge shows, both available on fight TV live, of course. And then, uh, yeah. And then we're headed to, Hammerstein Ballroom, Sunday, January 23rd. Uh, you know, as I've said numerous times, we're not going here just to do it. Uh, we're going there to make history. Um, so, um, you know, all fans, if, if you're, if you've never seen GCW before, I, you know, on behalf of, of all of us in our locker room and all our fan base, um, give it a try. Uh, this is the spot to start. This is the, the, this is the show to dip your, your foot in the water or your toe in the water, whatever the saying is, and to um, give it a look and see what we're all about. Uh, this is, this is as big as it gets for us. So, um, you know, I, I'm not going to, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what else we can say about it. You know, it's just, this is the one. So I hope you'll join us for all the people who are, who were lucky enough to get a ticket, you know, I'll see you there. And, um, I hope everybody else will join us live on Fight TV. Great. Thank you so much, Brett. Thank you. That was a, a fascinating conversation. I Brett is a very uh, just he has this perspective on this. He's he's calm and collected, even heading into this huge, huge event, because this has been a goal for GCW for so long. Uh, but I'm excited to see how it plays out. And I, I like the fact even heading into the future, like, hey, when we have good ideas, we we do them as soon as we can do them. So who, who knows what's going to be next? But I'm just excited to see this event first. And, you know, we have we do have one more interview on the docket here, which I'm excited for people to hear. Me too. I um, This one has been my favorite personally, just because it's very, very rare that you get to have the perspective from someone who has been there since day one of this undertaking perhaps. Right. So without further ado, let's speak to Mr. Tony Deppen. All right. So we get this big show coming up, GCW, Hammerstein ballroom, the world on GCW, Tony Deppen, welcome to uh, pro wrestling Illustrated. How are you feeling? And more importantly, how are you feeling about this big show coming up at the Hammerstein ballroom? 
Hey, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, well, kind of right now, I'm feeling cold because there's an ice storm outside, <laughs> so it kind of sucks. Uh, second of all, about the Hammerstein show, uh, I grew up watching shows in this, so to say I'm beyond stoked is an understatement. That is for sure. So you're actually known as the uh, gatekeeper of GCW, and you have been there since day one. So what was your first match there like, and how has it been to witness the evolution of the company to running at the Hammerstein Ballroom? My first match with GCW was against Azriel. It was for a Trent Acid uh, qualifying cup match at, in Hal, New Jersey at Game Changer World. And when I say this, I, I'm not, I'm not like, lying about the numbers they're trying to make it seem there's like legit like 40 people there i know that there's supposed to be like it was supposed to be like teddy hart versus chris dickinson or something like that and dickinson didn't show up and there's like no it was a show like those first couple like shows gcw they they weren't the prettiest especially in attendance so like from when i started in 2016 with literally 45 people in the crowd to selling out selling the most tickets ever for the Hammerstein with this, with the same company. It's, it's mind blowing to me. Like we, we've done almost everything. We, we, we've sold out in Japan. We've sold out in LA. We've sold out in Florida. We've sold out everywhere we've gone. And this is just like the cherry on top of everything that we've worked hard for. And really, I mean, you're talking about coming from, you know, backyards, uh, dive bars, every kind of venue imaginable to being in this space. And I mean, you talk about the history here and uh, a venue, like you said, you've been watching for, for many years. Uh, is that at all, I don't want to say nerve wracking, but is there some pressure there you think on you, on, on the other wrestlers in the locker room, uh, the, the company itself to really deliver in this spot? I feel like at the current stage of our GCW, there's a lot of pressure on every show because, you know, people want to see the best company or whatever fall down, like, and like not have the best show or something like that. Because like some people will gladly say that, you know, they're like, oh, you know, GCW's product's not that good. It's just a bunch of death match garbage, blah, blah, blah. So they're looking for anything. So I feel like every time we go out there, we have a, prove, a point to prove regardless of how many tickets we sell. Like we'll never appease everyone regardless of how great a show is. And then coming to this show, I feel we, I don't think there's any extra added pressure. It's just like, this is going to be the part where we just do what we do and just show them like, yeah, this is what we've been doing in the bingo halls, in the dive bars where we've gone. We do the same thing. And that's what we're going to show everybody with that on that day. It's, it's going to be phenomenal. So you are a former GCW Extreme champion, and PCO is the current title holder. I believe he won that title off of you in 2018, and now he is back in the fold with the title in tow. Do you plan on having a rematch with him at any point in the future, perhaps? I better get because I was the longest reigning GCW. He doesn't count because he, he disappeared after he beat me. Like, he legit won, and then, like, two months later, he was gone. I, he, didn't even have to, he didn't even defend it at all. I was, I was the champion for over a year. I better get at least one opportunity against it. And like, I don't care if it's in a multi-person matchup or anything, but I deserve one. Cause I think I held the belt for like 370 some days or something like that. Like it was over a year. Yeah. And I defended it every time too. I was, I wasn't sure if I was going to bring this up or not, but I think we have to, because there's this not elephant in the room. It's a good thing that you were prominent 
in Ring of Honor as television champion. Of course, also a big deal in GCW. And then there's all this overlap now between the two companies. And of course, I mean, Hammerstein Ballroom's a venue with a lot of history from Ring of Honor in it. What do you make of the, the current collaborations between GCW and Ring of Honor? Is there anything else you would like to see maybe between those two companies that we haven't seen yet? Well, prior to Ring of Honor taking their hiatus, like this isn't a new, like this isn't just like GCW because of um, the hiatus. Like this was actually a work in progress prior to all this shutdown stuff. And we were supposed to be doing stuff like like interlacing with each other, doing a lot of things. So like, I'm happy, like they still allowed it, like before they're there, they're, they okayed it before all the hiatus went like, like, yeah, we're going to do it, blah, blah, blah. So I'm happy that it still did. And I'm stoked that like, I'm seeing people that I, I grew close with in the past, like two years at Ring of Honor. Like, it's great to see those facing it's like in the matchups that we can get. And with the experience, a lot of, like the Briscoes, they, they have 20 years of experience. And some of these kids that are on GCW shows, they have four or five years experience and i'm one of the most experienced people there and i am not even at the point where i need to be where i can like help guide those kids as well as the briscoes can like i can guide them a little bit but not as well as the briscoes can so for them to come in and help guide kids it's amazing to see and the the matchups they they still go so hard no matter what they're so good and everybody like we got uh the bandito flamita like they'll be there. Like we, they've already done shows with us as well. Um, PCO, obviously, you know, like, and obviously like I imagine some more people will eventually come through the doors and I'm all for it. And I hope when ring of honor decides to come off their hiatus, they reciprocate this and allow GCW to be coming into some ring of honor shows. That would be really cool. Especially with GCW running Hammerstein and ring of honor holding many, large pay-per-view events at the Hammerstein Ballroom slash Manhattan Center over the years. You know, we talk about growth and we talk about cultivating new talent and, and the Briscoes helping with that, but you play quite the role in cultivating the influx of new talent that comes through the doors at GCW, which I probably is where the name The Gatekeeper comes from. What has it been like to kind of fall into that role and to help create the future of this company that you've been at since day one? I have been different about it because one thing it's um i basically like i i I don't get angles in wrestling or gcw ever it's like okay if i'm on the show it's going to be i'm most likely wrestling a new kid i I barely like i'll get i'll get some like you know matches here and there but like all of it's like okay here comes new kid like i made my own character in gcw by being that way just like being the guy that wrestles those new kids and they have if they don't have a good match you probably don't see them again Normally that's the case. So like, I don't know. And then also those matches take a lot more out on me because I like the way I like to dictate it. Like it's more me taking a lot of moves comparative to like a regular match where it's more 50, 50. So, but like, that's the bad, those are the bad parts about it. <laughs> However, I do really love working with the younger kids. Like I, I feel like I've uh, pretty much accepted my fate in wrestling and I'm, I'm just going to be an independent wrestler for the rest of my life. And I, and I, I guess that's what it is, but uh, I'm happy that I'm able to help kids learn and get better. Cause when I do leave, I would like wrestling to be better than what it is. That's how I always look at it. And the fact that I could, you know, not even like coach these kids, I guess, but, you know, guide them and 
a lot of them still come up to me after our matches and still ask me for advice. Like they'll be going over a spot and I'm like, Hey Tony, what do you think about this? Like, what do, what if I do this? And I'll give my opinion. Like, Oh, that makes so much more sense. Thank you. It's like, so it, I like, I, like I love and I hate it. It's like a mix. It's a mixed bag. I, I, I love helping the kids and getting them, to, you know, their opportunity to shine. And like a lot of the kids that I do work first and they go on to do some cool stuff. Like I get to see my, not, not even my friends, but people that I, that I've worked on TV. And I, I, I like that. I just don't like bumping a million times for it. We're looking at, you know, this is uh, a big event for the company, for the talent. It's a lot of work that's gone into this. This show didn't just happen overnight, like call up the Hammerstein ballroom and say, Hey, what do you think? You know, there has to be this ability to fill it up, which it, it happened. The tickets are sold out, but a lot of memorable stuff leading up to it. And having been there since day one, are there any things that, I mean, it doesn't have to be something that you were involved in, but, but if so, that that's great too. Uh, moments that stick out as especially memorable from that run. Those early Hal days, I don't know what, like, I wasn't making a lot of money. Brett wasn't, Brett was barely breaking even. I can guarantee you that, but I was having so much fun. Just there, there's no pressure. It's just like, Hey, let's just go on like do cool stuff. Like we, a lot of the guys, the original GCW guys, we were guys that CCW didn't want that. We got kicked out of CCW because for whatever reason, whether politics or other things like, so when GCW came about, like, we just were like, I guess at the point, like all of us are trying to stick to C- CCW and show them like, this is what you're missing out on. Like, like, and I remember I, 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 I took a hiatus from GCW for like three shows. Cause like I, I got into some heat with Brett and Danny about something. I can't remember what it was something stupid. And then I left CCW and they instantly like Brett's like, yeah, we need you back. He's like, I want you back so bad. Like, let's, let's, let's run with this. I was like, okay, cool. And, and honestly, like those early days of GCW, they're so memorable because it helped me develop who I am currently in wrestling. Like, I remember the reason that I'm like all wide eyed, you know, flipping out, screaming all the time and loud is something happened when I, my first match back at GCW and uh, the ref screwed up and I was really mad about something. I, I was fuming. I walk in the back and smart mark videos behind me, like, Hey, Tony, get a promo. And I turn around, I was like, you want a f-ing promo? Because I was so mad. And I just started screaming and going nuts. Camera goes off, calms down. And Janelle looks at me like, Tony, you should be like that more often. And I was like, oh, okay. So I just started doing that. And just like, it was just like development of everything. And then, and just like that. And then just seeing, just going to shows like, and us selling out things like, it's insane. Like I remember our first trip out in LA. I've never been to California before. We sold out. And like, it was only like 400 people, but then we went back again and we did like seven, 800 people. And then we went back again and we did like a thousand people. I'm just like, holy hell. Like, this is so cool. Like, and then Japan, like, uh, G Ravers talked about this on, um, Chris Jericho's podcast before what was like where he thought he made it when we were, in, when we did Japan, uh, I was the first match out. Uh, and I didn't know anybody. I, I was never in Japan. I didn't, I didn't know anybody knew anything about me in Japan. My music hits and the Japanese crowd is starting chanting my name, They're like Tony Depp. And I'm just like, holy shit. I was like, I'm thousands of miles away from my house. I've never been in this country and they're chanting my name. And the same thing happened at Corgan Hall because there's a show, GCW is on a big Japan show, just like filling up one match or whatever like that. And they come out and the entire, like 
And that was the first time Big Japan sold out Corrigan Hall in years. And during the match, every single fan was chanting GCW. Before, before we even, and that was before we even ran our GCW shows. We were just there a couple days early. And I was just like, damn, I was like, this is insane. Like from 45 people to listen to Corgan Hall chant GCW's name. Like, this is crazy to me. Like, and those things will always stick out to me. Like I, those days, I like, they're, they're my favorite times in wrestling. Like just those early days of GCW, they're so much fun. They're still fun now. Don't get me wrong. It was just like a lot of the people that were on the shows I traveled with all the time. I I saw them. They're my friends. Now with uh you know the way GCW's changed a little bit, and you know, a lot of people left wrestling. I don't really know these kids as well, and they're a lot younger than I am. So it's it's weird. Like I'm I'm like the grandfather compared to these guys because they're like 22. I think Kaya's my uh, roughly around my age, so it's like when she's on shows, it's like I, I gravitate towards her because we are similar in age and like I have more in common with her compared to a kid that just turned 21. <laughs> I can totally relate to that sometimes, even if it's just talking about things that happened in wrestling in like the early 2000s. And I'm like, oh, wait, these people were not even born. Yeah. They were literally fetuses. <laughs> you're, you're like a year old, maybe, if that. When, like, <laughs> like, like I remember one day I, I, I was at Atlantic City show. I was I was rooming with Jack Cartwheel. Jack wasn't even 20 at the time. And I was like, okay, I'll be up there. And I, I walk up there and Starboy Charlie's sitting there. Starboy Charlie's like 16. They're 17. I'm just like, why am I like, why am I rooming with the babies? Like, come on, guys. Like, and like, well, you're and I asked Brett, and he's like, Tony, you're the most responsible one out of all of us. He's like, so he's like, I I, I was gonna say you're the chaperone. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty much. like they're like, nothing's gonna happen to these kids. And like, like the worst thing I'm gonna do is like maybe get drunk. <laughs> and just go to sleep like that's like the worst thing i'll do like i don't like i don't really do i don't do any drugs like i smoke weed once a moment but i, I don't that's all i that's all i touch i i that's i'm not a party hardy guy you're a real so adult yeah i'm a yeah I, that's what brett said he's like you're responsible on a real adult tony i was like okay makes sense you know when we were talking with brett and we asked him like what determines who he brings into gcw or how does he make booking decisions he was um pretty clear that it's what fans want to see and who the people he has currently want to wrestle so going into 2022 with hammerstein hammerstein obviously being this very large launch pad for the company into the future who do you want to wrestle in 2022 at gcw you could pick anybody pick of the litter Ooh. uh Ooh, that's a toughy one. Um, I'd, I would say somebody, but I already know I'm wrestling them, but I can't give that away until a certain day. Um, I would really like to wrestle Josh Alexander. That's, oh, that that's would one be guy. awesome. I really want to wrestle Josh Alexander. Um, I eventually, I know it, it. I'd regret it after he beats the shit out of me, but I would like to wrestle Brody. Like I'd like to wrestle him too, but. Those are the only two guys that would come to my mind. Like I'm, I don't have my finger on the indie scene like I used to. Like I still watch wrestling, obviously, but like I'm not like, oh, I want to wrestle these guys because, like, I, I'll be honest. Whenever I want to wrestle somebody, I never get it. Like I, I, I know my place. I, I wrestle the younger kids. Once in a while, I'll get, I'll get the name. Like I'm, um, like I, I had Bandito and Flamita one weekend, but most of the time, I, I know what my job is and 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 i accept it 
<laughs> Let's manifest um, the Josh Alexander match for you because jo- I feel like that would be an absolute war. Uh, Josh Alexander is very talented. He's probably one of the most underrated performers on the Indies today, delivering great match after great match at AAW Impact wherever he goes. So I would love to see the two of you get in there and tear it up. That would be a very interesting like clash of styles and just an awesome wrestling match, man. I'm surprised yeah, that hasn't I, I like, yet. Actually, I, I like Josh. I like Josh too. So it makes it easier. Like. It's so much easier to have a really good match when you actually like the person. <laughs> like if, if you don't have, if you don't like the person, like and you just like, you don't click well. And like, you, you know, you, you can tell when people don't really like, they're probably not like they can't connect well because like you watch the match, like, eh, okay. Like there's no, there's no chemistry there. Like chemistry just doesn't mean bouncing ideas. Like chemistry is like, also like, you need to like, like that person being around. Like I I've called a match with people. I'm just like, <sighs> Like roll my eyes and people look at like people watch me plan the match and I'll come to like, are you okay? Tell me. I'm just like, like you look a little pissed. I was like, yeah, you know. And they're like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I guess it would be like going to work and being on shift with a coworker that you can cut up with and have a good time versus going on shift with like a coworker you have to be professional and tolerate per se. Oh yeah. I've loved I used to be a I used to work at a grocery store. It's my favorite job because I worked with my friends. I, I got all my work done. I did my stuff and I had fun all the time. Just to get back to to the Hammerstein a little bit, not to not to hit it over the head. There's some cool stuff that's happening. Um, we alluded to this before we we started recording today. There's a lot of the show that, at least as of now, has not been announced yet. But just from like a bigger picture perspective, or maybe what we do know is going to happen at uh, at the show. You know, what are you most looking forward to at this big event? Match wise, or just in general. Anything. I mean, like if there's, I, I know like Brett said, he, the, well, we talked to Brett Lauderdale and he'd said, you know, just to see uh, everyone experience this, the fans, the talent, all that. It could be something that high level if there's something like. Uh, I am really looking forward to that energy of that crowd. I want to be the first mm-hmm. match. I truly do. I want to, I want to feel it. And like we do the AC shows and there's like 7,800 people and they sing my theme song. And that's not too far from where Hammerstein, a lot of people are going to be there. So like, I just envision like my song hits fans start flipping out then they sing the song and just like, and I'd like, and I have a feeling that's going to happen. And just the energy that's going to come with that. Like it's going to absorb my body and I'm just going to probably take a really stupid bump. Like I just imagine that. I imagine a lot of us are going to do We're like, screw it. Let's just, let's get it dropped on our head. Even confirmed, more. you're gonna get thrown off the balcony. You've confirmed. Oh, god, no, 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 <laughs> that's the Sabu thing. That's <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. I saw that balcony, I was like, somebody's gonna try to get thrown off of that. Sometimes when I show up to GCW shows, I'll look around and be like, oh, there's a pier, someone's gonna try to throw somebody off of that. Like, you just know right off the top. I of your don't head. think we're gonna be able to because the athletic commission, oh, yeah, New York is very, um, very strict. Like, I remember we did uh, the first loss in New York show years ago and like eli everfly did a dive and he went he wasn't even in the crowd but he was pretty close to it and uh, they almost canceled the match like the athletic director or whatever doctor or whatever the hell you want to call him was like telling brett he's gonna stop the match and just shut the show down just of that it was ridiculous we're like over that like come on i think that it's interesting when um 
and, and Hammerstein Ballroom is obviously in Manhattan, in New York City, so the commission will be there. And I think it always poses a very interesting creative challenge to a lot of competitors at GCW because things that we're very comfortable doing or things that are mainstays are sometimes off the table when you're in that environment. Yeah. That's just what you got. You got to like roll the punches at that point, you know, nothing we can do except for just put, we can still put on a good show without jumping off balconies and stuff like that. But if they allow it, I imagine Matt Justice is going to make sure he's the one that's doing it. Like I already know, like I already got like job W Justice's first question when he walks in, he's like, can I jump off the balcony? <laughs> It's always like if he sees something, high, it's always his first question. Like, can I get jump off that? I enjoyed your match with Ishimori at Get Lost a Lot in Melrose Ballroom. Um, I think that that was really good. You guys definitely rose to the challenge and the creative challenge of being limited in that sense. And it was an awesome, awesome show. So curious to see what yeah, you pull out of the bag here. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just even excited to see what my match is because Brett doesn't tell me. A lot of people are talking, <laughs> like a lot of wrestlers, like, oh. Uh, Brett, Brett was hinting at that I'm doing this. I was like, I asked him and he's just like, I don't know yet. I'm just like, man, I'm, I'm always the last to know. I, I'll find out when they tag me on Twitter. There's like some like prodigal son vibes here. It's kind of like you're reliable and you've, you've been around and like, I know you can handle whatever we're going to throw at you. So like uh, pretty much like I, I don't need this. I don't need to like prep myself coming in. Like, it's just like, okay. I, 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 I can call a match in 20 minutes. I'm good. Like they, I, they understand what they have and I understand what I got to do. <laughs> we know you're getting ready for a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, you're busy when I, and if in the event you're not busy today, you deserve a break, you know, the, the uh, got a lot going on. So Kai, is there anything else you want to ask Tony before we let him loose? No, actually, I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to speak with us, uh, predominantly because you've been there since the upstart. So it was really, really cool to hear some of your stories and hear how this all came to fruition. Thank you yeah. so much. I, I like talking. Like I feel like sometimes people forget that J me, Jimmy, and Joey currently are the only people on the on Raver too. Are currently on the roster the only ones, or and Alex yet uh, are the currently the only ones that are original and like they don't understand that we've been here since day one we've seen everything we've we've experienced the worst of the worst with gcw we've we've experienced 45 people in the crowd and still went as hard as we're going today you know like and i think like i was appreciative that you actually reached out and asked me because i i always feel like i get swept under the rug when it comes to things in gcw because like i like I, I've got a role, but I don't, I'm not the guy that goes down. Like you don't see a million gifts of my matches. It's like more of just like, okay, I'm here to put somebody over. I'm not, I'm not, I'm a very selfless person when it comes to wrestling. And so it was nice to actually get uh, like a little rub, I guess, and be able to talk about something that I hold very dear to my heart when it comes to GCW, because without GCW, I wouldn't be able to see the entire country and been to Japan. So. Very cool. Is there anything you would like to promote uh, apart from this, event coming up on the, on the 23rd, which will be on fight TV and it's sold out, but you know, where can people follow you? Anything else you want to plug? Well, I have the Twitter, obviously just follow me on Twitter. Like I won't like, and maybe Instagram too, but I don't do Facebook. I have a Facebook, but I, unless I know, you know, you, I'm not adding you. I have probably like 600 people sitting in my inbox for friend requests. That, that's a personal thing. Like I, I have it for personal use, but then I have uh, a merchandise that 
on uh, so I have a big cartel store. It's on it's on my, there's a link is on my Twitter. So I don't know it off the top of my head. So go buy my shirts because so I don't have to be poor. Um, a lot of the show I'm GCWs take up a lot of my booking space time. So like I'm really focused on that right now. And like and in the next month, I probably won't be on any shows until because my wife's due in February. So like until that baby comes out of her in February, I probably won't be on many shows. So I, I don't have much to promote at the moment, except for GCW next weekend in Detroit and Chicago, which they're going to be awesome shows. Then the Hammerstein. And then I'm off until that baby pops, I guess. Or unless Brett weasels me out of somewhere. I don't know. That's all the more reason for, for everyone to tune in and catch these shows. Well, thank you so much, Tony, for doing this. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I know I say it a lot that our interviews are very insightful and fascinating, but that one really, really was. I really did appreciate Tony giving us some insight into the history of GCW and that, man, when they first started out, they were 40 people to think how many people are at Hammerstein Ballroom, like over 2000. Like that's just got to be an incredible thing to witness from the ground up. And then him, you know, also mentioning people like Jimmy and Joey and Alex Cologne and G Raver and all of these GCW favorites that have also been there since day one was really awesome as well. Um, I'm excited to see what 2022 holds for Mr. Deppin in this company. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, so, the, I mean, that's coming up on the 23rd at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Tickets are very much sold out, but it'll be airing on Fight TV. Also airing on Fight TV uh, this coming weekend, the 14th and the 15th events in Detroit and Chicago. So GCW's got a lot going on. Yeah, they're coming up on the end of the road to Hammerstein. So it'll be very interesting to see if the events in Detroit and Chicago influence some of the matchups that will be taking place the following Sunday. And I really want to see... Uh, Ali mentioned in the first interview that uh, Jeff Jarrett is meant to be in uh, Chicago, but Effie is not scheduled. I I hope we get that match at uh, the the Hammerstein Ballroom, but if we don't, I'm sure we're going to get something equally as interesting. Uh, really excited for this show. This feels like a big moment in independent wrestling. Oh, it totally is. Um, and, and speaking of Chicago, you know, the Briscoes have a tag team title match against the Rejects, and I think that that has huge implications for the Hammerstein Hammerstein Ballroom. So it'll be very interesting to see how that outcome influences the event as well. It's just, it just feels like independent wrestling is blossoming bigger than ever. There's not been a boom in this little subsection of the business like this in probably 15 or 20 years. It's so cool. It uh, really is feeling more like, not to belabor the Territory Days point, but the indies are not something that like you're embarrassed to be a part of. Now you have people who are seeking it out people who do not need to go, you know, and, and get a payday. I do like Jeff Jarrett and Matt Cardona do not need to be going and collecting uh, checks from Brett Lauderdale. They could, they are choosing to be there because this is where people want to be right now. It's this hot commodity and the independent scene as a whole is thriving in a lot of ways. Um, you know, even as, as it's difficult to operate with, you know, still pandemic, still a lot of other things going on that, that can make it difficult and, make people have to change plans, but it inspires a lot of creativity and a lot of great wrestling. Gotta love it. No, for sure. I really, really like that it's been cultivated within the independent wrestling community within the past two years to be a place that people want to be over other places. Uh, as I go through my travels and I meet more and more people in wrestling, I actually start running into just as many people who are 
happy working the independents, happy working at places like GCW, happy working at Beyond, Black Label Pro, AAW, you know, LA Fights, like all of these big name indies, right? And and, and they're content. Like there's not this um, discomfort about not being necessarily signed to a major company anymore, that you can truly thrive and create success for yourself on the independent market. Absolutely. That passion comes through. So I, I, uh, I enjoy seeing it. I enjoy, you know, doing this podcast. It's, it's good to talk to people who are involved in it before we go. Kai, I didn't know you got some things you got to take care of. Um, but please promote anything you want to promote in terms of, uh, social media, merchandise, whatever, let people know. Well, I'm still rehabbing my shoulder, so I do not have any dates coming up yet. It's right. going to be a little bit of a process. But you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at Kaya MCK, K-A-I-A-M-C-K. I will be at all three of these GCW shows coming up. So if you see me there, please say hi. I'd love to see everybody's faces that I've not seen in a couple of weeks now. And I still have my merch store, um, kayamckenna.bigcartel.com. I just loaded in some new pins, some new shirts, new stickers. All of the um, items that you purchase at this point are covering my physical therapy co-pays. So I appreciate that more than you'll ever know. And helping to spoil uh, Empress Empress the Pug, right? Yes, spoiling <laughs> the, the Pug Empress to the point of no return, buying her all the treats. Very good. All right. Well, that does it for today's Pro Wrestling Indie Straight. Be sure to tune in on Fight TV on January 23rd. The world on GCW at the Hammerstein Ballroom. We'll talk to you next time.